Hi everybody, this is Jitain from Xeno and you're listening to Retail Reimagined, the podcast where we'll talk to CEOs, CMOs, CTOs from the retail industry and uncover the future of retail. So tune in and stay reimagined. Today, we have a very special guest, Jervina Menon, who's passionate about retail and has extensive experience in working with data. Throughout her illustrious career, she has played various roles, and today we have the privilege of having her with us on the show. Without further delay, let's jump right into the conversation. So, Jervina, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, welcome to the show, and hopefully the next half an hour or so, we'll try and... Um, get a lot more insights from you on, on the transformation that's basically happening in the marketing in the marketing space. Right? Thanks a ton, Chitain, for calling me. Excited to be here. To start off, you have a diverse experience. You started with agencies and went into retail and went into marketing. Was all of this planned? Um, I would say part of it, I think, was planned journey. Part of it wasn't and whatever wasn't also kind of dovetailed very beautifully or I would say happened very organically. So I was in um, advertising almost about 30 years back. I started my career, had a 15-year long stint with I think two of the best agencies and to some extent polar opposites, Utah's being a very creatively anchored agency and FCB being a very strategically anchored agency. So I kind of got to see the benefit of both worlds. And with both, I worked on a lot of FMCG brands and nothing like good Unilever to teach you ABC of marketing. So that was definitely an advantage. And then implementing it when ITC Foods launched its foods portfolio with biscuits and confectionery, which FCB was handling. So all of it was great learning experience. After some time, I felt I was plateauing and this great urge came to shift to the other side as a marketer. And uh, being in Bangalore, I had two choices, retail and IT. And I obviously choose retail because I've always loved shopping and being in stores and IT somehow didn't sound that exciting. So it was a very obvious choice. I started in retail when organized retail had still not come in fully. I mean, the first mall in India probably launched the year I entered retail as a category. From there, it's almost been like a 360 degrees of retail from managing a brick and mortar change for a division of Reliance Retail to managing shopping centers, which actually are ecosystems of retail. Not too many people see it as that, but how do you kind of balance the retail mix and clientele to ensure each kind of retailer does his or her share of sales? So, of course, last three years has been about omni-channel, offline, online. D2C, marketplaces. So the entire ecosystem to some extent, I think I have had an experience with and each one has its joys and moments when it frustrates you. But the point is the customer and the future is digital. So that will continue for quite some time. For sure. Super. Yeah, and I, I, I would agree with you when you say Unilever is the, I think, the school of marketing. It teaches you so much. Even, from, even though you're sitting... On the other side, even though you've come on as part of an advertising agency and handling the client. Yeah, I would see it myself. My colleagues at HTA would go and handle um, brands those days. Yeah. One question I have, within the retail ecosystem, you, you've seen a lot. What has What are the kind of changes that you've seen happen? And there are two parts to this. One is obviously from a consumer perspective. And the second part is from a marketing perspective. So I think from a consumer perspective, the best thing that has happened is the plethora of choice. 
the kind of products, the kind of brands, the kind of variants you have in each category, it's just exploded. To some extent, it might also be causing a lot of confusion on what to buy. So which makes it all the more difficult as a retail marketer. That's definitely one change seen. The change from a retail angle is that earlier it was brick and mortar retail. There was a lot of touch and feel. And if you were a good retailer, because not every retailer did that, you could actually have your pulse on the market and cater to the customer. Today, that pulse has become a digital footprint. And because it's a digital footprint filled with numbers of tens of thousands and millions of transactions, what we are missing out perhaps were those changes that are happening. Because unfortunately, big data looks at big numbers. But I have always believed that small numbers show you trends to come. And that perhaps you're missing. But in the good old brick and mortar retail, if you talk to customers regularly, they suddenly, when two or three customers talk of something different, there is a shift happening. So while big data has that capability, I think people are not seeing the small data in big data. And that's something I feel retailers need to capture on. Okay. Can you explain more on that point? What, how do you differentiate between big data and small data? And why small data is so critical? Okay. So big data typically wants to look at trends. What are customers buying? What are they preferring, et cetera? So if something shows 10,000 people have bought a pink sari, they see pink sari as the new trend. Yeah, But if you have never sold, let's say, a hot pink shade and you suddenly see 100 coming, which is small data against the 10,000, you're missing out on the trend of probably hot pink being the next pink or being the next color to come up, you know, because it's gone from zero to 100, which is a percentage increase. But you're looking at the big numbers. I think that is what people are missing out. But if you're at a store and you're actually talking to customers and customers say, now I'm looking at these shades, you probably pick it up faster. It could also be the change of habit, which has come in because of the lifestyle changes. One side, your lifestyle has changed because of Corona, work from home, ordering a lot more online. The touch and feel is gone. So again, are right. you really looking at smaller nuances? So something I see with the beauty brand of mine that people are willing to experiment with their hair, but they are not willing to experiment with face products because the risk is higher. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure whether that data you will really see in the numbers. Your numbers will just tell you nobody's buying your face products. But why will only come if you talk to the customer and big data shows numbers. It doesn't show conversations. So when you're saying why, are brands not doing it intentionally or they don't have the time or, a, or they believe that this, day, this particular insight or information is not important? On a floor level, one could go and talk to someone on the floor. So are brands even missing out, uh, engaging the customers, even though from an online perspective? I definitely feel there is a lesser and lesser stress on talking to customers because people are becoming super specialist and investing in people and technologies which are measuring digital footprints and trying to take trends from there. It's like the good old days. There was quantitative research and qualitative research. Qualitative had its role, however minuscule. And that role of qualitative was important to decide how quantitative research would go and inspect further. So I would draw the parallel there and say that is exactly what people are missing on. So what if you are a D2C brand? It doesn't stop you from calling 10 customers every week 
and asking them how they like the product, what else were they using earlier if you're a new brand, are people going to buy it again? What are they looking for? Is something missing in the category that they are your product is in? That doesn't stop you. Let the data keep talking. Yeah. The good part is it's definitely far more analyzable. So it's not like I'm against big data. I love the trends it shows. I love the predictive models it shows. I love the fact that it uh, shares a lot more granularity in a very simple touch of the button. But what it definitely misses on is the human aspect. So what was the customer seeing before they bought your product? Have you been bought only because you were seen similar to something else and you were cheaper at that point of time at that website or that marketplace? Or is it that they bought you because they believed in you or were looking at the ingredient you have or don't have? I think those nuances come if you talk to customers. So I think it's literally like I said, it's a balance of qualitative versus quantitative research. I think touch and feel, talking to people has never been out of fashion and will never go out of fashion. It's just that people don't do it as often. People don't do it. People don't do it. Even your chatbot conversations, that can have some human elements, but people are missing it out all the time. True. One of the questions I have is, with all of this change, how has marketing transformed over this period? And I think you've seen it, uh, seen it for the last, I think the last 10 years or so, including the pandemic. So what's your view on on the way marketing is transformed? So about five or seven years back, I read a lot of these articles on is the CTO the new CMO? And I couldn't figure out what the article was trying to say. The last two years uh, has made it clear what that article was trying to say. Today, marketing has become very number-driven, has become very data-driven. And especially if you're an omni-channel retailer, a D2C retailer, a startup in the tech space, it is important. But CTO knows how technology works. They don't know how customers work. And for that, you need very, very CTOs who are interested in the brand and interested in the product, right? So that is a big challenge. Today, CMOs are trying to justify what they need a lot more than they were doing earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, there are enough articles which are showing that the one CXO, which seems to have the lowest tenure in most organizations is the CMO, unfortunately. So I think that is definitely a challenge. What has changed for the better is today, marketing is a lot more accountable. So we always said 50% of the advertising works, 50% doesn't was a very common phrase. Today, 80% of the advertising that has worked and not. I think that measurability and uh, it does get in a lot more stress and strain on a marketer. I'm not saying that the CMO is not more stressed because of it, but I think it at least tells you what's working and what's not working. And both are equally important because what's working, you need to see how much more you can make it work for you and what's not working, what do you need to rectify? So that always remains. So, Definitely the spend is a lot more trackable. Five years back, 10 years back, I was answering, why is my, how is my Instagram like going to impact a walk-in into a store? Today, that question is probably being answered with a monthly or a weekly dashboard. So definitely that has happened for the better. What is missing? Again, I will go back to my crib is that in this data avalanche, the customer as an individual is missing. Mm. Mm. And I think that is something good old marketing we did up to 10 years back, leveraged a lot more. Well, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that point. Numbers, but who, where is that customer in that jumble of a million transactions? Even 
that one customer whose insight could help you build a brand is perhaps getting lost. And I am seeing that evidently because younger marketers who are now graduating are a lot more data-driven than what you and I were when we started and even what we are where we are now. And in that, they are perhaps missing that human touch and human element, which is very, very, at the end of the day, you are kind of working on emotions when you're talking of insights and capturing it in communication. Correct. And I'm so glad you brought the point out saying that, hey, we missed out the, we're missing out on the marketer. It's always about the product and the product that gets pushed. Yeah. Why do you think this is happening? Why do you think that complete miss on the customer is happening? Is it because of budgets? Is it because of thought processes or or any kind of strategy that's, that's maybe going wrong somewhere? Um, I think the customer was always something, either you were a customer-centric organization or you weren't. So I wouldn't say that even in the good old days, everybody was necessary. There were quite a few marketers who built products and said our product sense because of itself, not because it does something for a customer. So that was happening before. It's happening a lot more now. And today, I think they are mistaking the data for customer. While the data is explaining some part of the customer, their behavior and their preferences, it's not exploring why the preference, why the reason they bought it, why the reason they didn't buy it. So I'm not saying that the data is not talking about the customer, but the point is the individual customer is getting launched. Everybody is getting clubbed into silos and marketing jargons and buckets and personas. Mm-hmm. But the individual is perhaps missing out and it's coming out more because there is so much data already. Perhaps people are thinking, do we need to know a lot more? And what can 10 people tell me what this dashboard of million transactions can't tell me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is that is that there's too much of data? And I don't want to go too deep. I'll only touch upon surficially and take what I want and use that. Yeah. Is that is you, that an approach? That is also right. And like I said, what is it that a million transactions can't tell me, which talking to 10 or 100 customers will tell me? From a logic basis, yes, 100 can't tell you what a million tells you. But here you're talking of a qualitative 100 conversations versus a digital footprint of 100 transactions or social media engagements. So that's the difference. Absolutely. And always something that I've seen and and, and experiencing a lot is a lot of brands spend a lot of money on acquisition. Yes. But the money is not spent too much on trying to retain your customers. Is this something that you've kind of seen and, and have taken cognizance of um, I don't think that's completely true because there are a lot of digital tools available for retention. The most commonly used is remarketing on social media ads and even on your ads on marketplaces where you're probably selling. So definitely remarketing is one retention tool which is used. Is it used intelligently? I think it can be used far more intelligently. Are you really slicing the time of purchase, dicing the segment you're talking to, those possibilities are there. They are not being used to the fullest. I would put it that way. They are not harnessing the capabilities of what digital solutions are offering. And I think both of us have been in the eras of loyalty programs, literally starting with sending envelopes and DMs, et cetera, to now having digital CRM. I think digital CRM, again, makes it a lot more easy. But again, are people just using it for promotions versus enhancing customers' life? So I think CRM has got a lot more sophisticated and can deliver a lot better. Are people investing in it? Not as much as they should. And definitely not to its full potential, is my view. 
and the investment bit is it because of the spends or alignment of spends to different cost heads which is which takes priority because crm takes longer to show results and today the digital footprints tell you results within a week or 10 days or a month so i think crm is a long term investment and there are a lot more short term investments and decisions being made and which is where it's probably getting lost during a pre conversation before i started recording this you mentioned something about democratization of spend yeah. i want to ask you more on that what do you mean think- by that so i think i would go by my experience when i shifted from being an advertiser to a retailer in advertising i always had the luxury of having clients like unilever and itc and compaq as clients and we always thought budgets will always be x number of crores mm-hmm. then i made my shift to retail and the first job billionaire was with a retail startup though startup was not the word in use that time it was seen as a new retail company and uh, suddenly from having a monthly budget of a crore i had a monthly budget a quarterly budget of 20 lakhs and the retailer and me the marketer and me was like hey i need to make that 20 lakh commercial so if i make the commercial how will i advertise and it took me a lot of time to unlearn and relearn and what it also meant at that time was that i had to definitely market less because my budget was less mm-hmm. today uh, with digital spends where you are going on bids etc the good part is that there are brands who can advertise at a digital budget of 1000 rupees a day and those brands who can afford 10 lakh rupees a day can also advertise earlier if i had 1000 rupees i couldn't think of a presence on times of india i had to have that 5 lakhs 10 lakhs to have a times of india presence True. but today the 10 lakh guy can also have a presence and the 1000 rupee a day budget guy can also have a presence so i think that really has been the democratization and which is where you are seeing a lot of small and regional brands do the kind of sales they are doing because they can reach the same customer even though it's at a lesser budget you don't have to choose or say i will do lesser advertising so that hasn't changed or your budget remains small but you can still target the same customer so if i am a wage let's say mobile phone i can still target the same customer of oneplus or a, a, apple is targeting absolutely absolutely i think well said well said one more thing just very curious because and just trying to ask you this question when you said there's so much of data and marketers can get lost and and because the budgets obviously because budgets thoughts and process could get skewed are they becoming too much of um, more of statistic led than insight led absolutely absolutely in fact um, my constant quip nowadays is that digital marketers are statisticians they aren't marketers the whole thing of trying to understand customers basing campaigns on insights is not happening take simple things like how we search for keywords we look for keywords which are direct to a category but we are not seeing a customer lifestyle and using keywords for that and that's where your marketer mind comes in so i will give an example for example uh, the beauty brand again i will talk of we are looking always for words which are talking of dry skin soft skin oily skin etc when we are doing skin things by products but maybe a customer who also has oily skin has other problems and you need to kind of look for keywords which talk about that can you really work for right. example uh, one of the features we came out with was a blue light protection mm-hmm. uh, the similar thing which lenscart is talking of harming the eyes 
Now, right. a smart digital marketer who thinks like a marketer and not a statistician would also target people who are looking for lens cut, low frames, blue light right. frames, not just for people looking at skincare products or hair care products. And I think that is where marketing can make a difference. And that is, I think, what we used to keep doing as quirky ads in those days we used to call it. But mm-hmm. that entire thing has been missed. And they tell me, no, no, but search volume for moisturizer is so high why do you want to do something else but uh, whole thing is to target a customer who is buying a similar product or a similar fulfilling a similar need by a different product and getting there and where do you think all of this is going to go i think we've seen you've seen pre-pandemic you've seen pandemic and you're seeing kind of a post-pandemic thing so where do you think this entire shift or is going to go? What what kind of a path do you think it's going to take? Digitization is going to continue. Uh, data is going to keep growing and data is going to keep having a higher say in it. What will become critical is how the data is analyzed, how is it sliced, how is it diced, and how is it utilized. And I am hoping that over a period of time, there is some, there's already talk of humanization of machine learning, humanization of AI. So I'm definitely hoping this humanization helps making the data more relevant and my wish is that customer is not seen as a number or a statistic but as a human i am not sure whether that wish will get fulfilled if people even think of seeing them as humans that itself is good enough super and i like the like your phrase where you said slice dice and utilize i think you put it to it, it kind of fit into perfect perspective on that Javina, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Yeah, it's been an absolute wonderful opportunity to have you spoken to you and got you got you to share some of these thoughts. So thank you so much once again. Thanks right. so much. I love talking. I just hope people don't see us as two old marketers, but just see us as two wise marketers who oh, are just tuning in. Absolutely. <laughs> old is gold, they say, and I'm sure that holds true. <laughs> Let's hope so too. Yes. Thanks right. again. Thank Lovely you so much, Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank